Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we actually change structure more than the Carlton back six, which is unbelievable. Anyways, it's been a huge week in football, and this is what happened. So this week, an unfortunate series of events led to Adelaide fans smiling for the first time in a long time as they beat Geelong. I've heard that a little-known man Sloan has signed on. Seems unimportant to me. On the massive Friday night stage, St Kilda attempted to play AFL footy. Carlton did God knows what. The result? I've just been told I'm actually not allowed to say that word. <laughs> uh, moreover, Brisbane beat Hawthorne down at their fortress in Tasmania. Jokes on Tasmania for not having a good team play for them. <laughs> Melbourne were down at three points at halftime versus the Bulldogs this week, but in an AFL by Dummies first, a stat mentioned one week had relevance the next. Kudos to you, Jacob. Gold Coast lost to Essendon. <laughs> Moving along, GWS beat Richmond in what has become a regular occurrence for the Tigers interstate. Just likely they won't have to play an away grand final for the next 39 years. West Coast did what every neutral fan wanted and shut up Collingwood fans. Unfortunately for them, though, Nick Nat is out for the rest of the season. But according to Shuey, nothing changes. It's like if my house is on fire. I'm running out of options quickly and the ceiling isn't quite the same. <laughs> North Melbourne played their guts out against Sydney, but they just couldn't quite get across the line. This is what AFL should be. Port somehow lost to Fremantle in what can only be described as torturous to view. This is what AFL shouldn't be. <laughs> and that was the week of football. Uh, as you can tell, we have changed up the show a little bit. We're going to try a few new segments this week. Uh, with me this week, back for the first time in a long time, Alex Henry. Alex, how have you been? I've been very good and I'm very excited to be back and talking about AFL. I've spent all of my time watching the World Cup and I promise you not one joke that I will make tonight will have any relevance to the World Cup whatsoever. Alex making bold promises again that he's probably, you know, probably not going to uphold. So what was your highlight for this week, Alex? There were many. My highlight this week came from the St Kilda Carlton game, which I know sounds very Excuse strange. Excuse me, I didn't say low light. <laughs> <laughs> so being at this game was... Um, I don't know how to put it, but just disturbing. Um, every second I was there, it made me want to tear my own heart out. Oh, um, not even your hair. No, 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 my heart. I didn't want to live the experience of watching this game. However, there was one absolute highlight and made me laugh more than anything else. And Sikilda were, you know, a couple goals up in the game when Liam Jones, who was filling in for Matthew Cruz in the ruck, decided to palm the ball down to one of his teammates in the Sikilda Ford 50, except he missed his teammates, hit Jack Steele on the chest, and Jack Steele kicked the goal. It's one of those moments where it would have looked almost perfect had Liam Jones been a Sikilda player, except for the minor fact that he wasn't. Well, isn't it interesting, though, because most Carlton players are actively playing against their own club. So are they actually St Kilda players? It did look like he was possibly trying to sabotage his side. But then again, that's just the standard for Carlton nowadays. So it's difficult to tell that apart from the rest. It was one of the best ruck taps of the year. Like it could go down with one of the better ones. It just went to the wrong player. Rival Paddy Riders from last year, definitely. And my highlight from the weekend. Fair enough. So now we're going to go into our usual format. However, we're only going to do three rounds this week. We've got a few surprises for you all at the end. So my joke for the week has to be, uh, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go back to the St Kilda Carlton game because this was basically a joke in itself. Like I probably could just sit here and go, uh, the joke was St Kilda Carlton. Yep. And just move on. Yep. Except you were you were meant to laugh. No, no, no. I, I was just I was just agreeing with you. Neither of those sides played well, and St Kilda won by 60 points. <laughs> what a devastating game to go to. Anyways, before the game, St Kilda came out 
and uh, they played their what we thought was the theme song, but once you listen to the lyrics a bit, you're like, well, this is a remix of it, and it didn't sound the same, and it was, uh, it was Dare Ice Coffee had found a way to sponsor the Saints and get their own version of the song in, in at the start. I'm just going to read it out to you. Uh, so it went, oh, when the Saints all drink it through, oh, when the Saints all drink it through, oh, how unstoppable are St Kilda, when the Saints all drink it through. And I'm just like... Well, I mean, I know St Kilda's got a debt crisis, but I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> Anyways, you know, if St Kilda has to go to these lengths, then maybe we should help them out. So I'm going to do my best here to uh, sell uh, Dare to you all in my own exclusive uh, ad. Um, Dare has had nothing to do with this, by the way. Anyways, so, you know, we're just going to do our part to help St Kilda out. And by the way, all proceeds from this go to St Kilda. Even though I don't support them, they need your help. If you support St Kilda, you're, you're probably feeling down. Probably because they're playing with a lack of dare. Well, we can compensate for that. Drink dare. Because whilst not even our product can fix St Kilda, we can ensure that if St Kilda keeps giving you nightmares, our coffee will just keep you up all night instead. Which is a much healthier solution. So I think that's a pretty good ad there. I think it's better than or when the Saints will drink it through. But it's interesting because this was a daring move by St Kilda having this happen. But I've just heard the other team that played that night, Carlton. Carlton have uh, got sponsored by Target this week um, just because they're hitting a lack of targets, obviously. So they may as well get Target as their sponsor. And I, I didn't even have to come up with my own slogan for this. Target. I searched up Target slogan online, and this is what it came up with. Target is a company of generalists with very few specialised areas. The people that are promoted first generally are very good at being generalists. <laughs> Let's not forget that Target is a discount retailer and our own unofficial slogan is expect more work, get paid less. (laughs) (laughs) So, Well, therefore, Carlton's new slogan has to be expect more results, get less always. (laughs) Because they just, they specialize in no areas. It's like the perfect match. I, I agree. I do think this is the perfect match because when you believe that Target is actually sponsoring Carlton, it makes me understand so much more how that filthy kit actually happened. Yeah. Because only Target would look at that and go, yes, that's stylish. Let's sell that for $5 a shirt. Yeah, grey jersey. Oh, it looks stylish. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And only Target would look at um, a, a team like Carlton, who are the navy blues, put them in grey and go, yep, that fits. Yeah, exactly. That's no. what that's what we sold to the public. Absolutely. Great. Moving on. <laughs> Moving right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... AFL by Dumb is exclusive. That's obviously the important part. You heard it here first. And definitely everybody should take pity on St Kilda. That's the part of this we're going to take out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, I am up next with a statistic, and this is one that I've done a fair bit of research into and I'm very excited to talk to you about. So, we all know that Carlton is terrible. Yes? Yes. Not a lot of debate on that one. Carlton are arguably the worst side since... Fitzroy of the mid-90s or Melbourne of the late uh, early 2010s. We, don't, we haven't really decided, but they're definitely horrible. Can I just let everyone know that this show isn't just going to be exclusively St Kilda Carlton? It will branch out at some point. But, but given we went to this game, it's quite co- topical for us. But firstly, I would like to discuss about how bad of a side Carlton are. So, as anybody that's read the paper will know, Carlton have not scored more than 100 points in their last... 49 matches, right? So that means they have not scored 100 points this season nor last season and not since round 11, 2016. So that is more than two years ago. That's how many games it's been. 
an incredible streak. Not the good kind of streak. So what I want to do, I want to do a bit of research into what the other teams' streaks are like since they last scored 100 points. Of the 18 teams in the competition, 15 of the sides have scored 100 points or more in the last five weeks. So there are only three sides that haven't scored 100 points in the last three weeks. Of those, one of them is Carlton. The other two are Gold Coast and Fremantle. So Gold Coast and Fremantle haven't scored 100 points since round two of this year, which means that each of them have gone 15 games in a row without scoring 100 points. However, in 2017, Gold Coast managed 100 points four times and Fremantle managed it twice themselves. So over the same period in which Carlton has not managed 100 points at all, Gold Coast has managed it five times minimum, Fremantle three times themselves. So in these 49 games in the last two years, Carlton is ranked dead last for points scored over that period. They have the longest streak going without scoring 100 points. Their streak of 49 games is the worst by a mile behind Carlton, uh, Gold Coast and Fremantle, who sit 17th and 16th respectively with 15 game streaks. And the team in 15th has a streak of five games without scoring 100 points. So imagine that. Imagine you are 10 times worse than the team three places ahead of you. That's how badly Carlton is going right now. That is actually unbelievable. That is just company you don't want to be a part of with Gold Coast and Fro- Well, they're not actually part of that company. They're below Gold Coast. And they Fro- are. They are actually below it. And my favorite part for me is that since round three right this season, Carlton have only kicked more than 10 goals once. Oh, my. So in each of their performances this season, bar one, they have scored 10 goals or less. Imagine that as a Carlton fan, rocking up to a game each week and knowing you're only going to get 10 goals or less. Not exactly inspiring, is it? Yeah, you come to football to watch lots of scoring, and that's obviously not happening at the moment. And 10 goals is never going to win you a game. doesn't matter that the scoring's going down this year. 10 goals is just never, ever going to win you a game. That is appalling. Yes, very, very rarely. Anyway, um, I very much enjoyed smashing Carlton, because who doesn't? And I'm going to move on to a lighter note from the GWS Richmond game, actually. Um, GWS, of course, this massive upset for them, helping steering them towards finals. But with it came one big downside for Richmond, and that was the lack of accuracy from young gun forward Jason Castagna. The young man only managed to kick zero goals five on the weekend, five he behind. one on the full as well. Yeah, so not his most accurate weekend. And I decided to come back in traditional AFL by dummies form with a list of things more accurate than Jason Castagna. So to start off this list, I have alternative facts. Even alternative facts are more accurate than Jason Castagna. (laughs) Oh, no. Also, I prefer to read an alternative fact than watch Jason Castagna <laughs> kick for goal, to be honest. That's a nice low bar you're setting yourself. <laughs> also, things that are more accurate than Jason Castagna, the aim of the person in the toilet who came before you. Oh. <laughs> even, even they are more accurate than Jason Castagna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's saying something as well. <laughs> you know what else is more accurate than Jason Castagna? The analysis of this podcast. That's that's how bad Jason Castagna is. is I'm rating us no, above that. Like the other ones, I understand. This is. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm. I'm fairly confident. Jesus, I'm fairly confident. You know what else is more accurate than Jason Castagna? The U.S. Army's drone strikes. <laughs> 
Why did I think it wasn't going to get political? Of course it was going to get political. No, they've never been very accurate. Yeah, though. no, they've never once killed a civilian. No, that's what we know, never. right? And finally, finally, my final thing more accurate than Jason Castagna is a pigeon flying above you when it decides it just can't hold it any longer. <laughs> they always hit the mark, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Never failed to hit the mark. Anyway, that is my list of things more accurate than Jason Castagna. Chuck, is your turn to provide us with a fact? Well, I just want to say, like, Jason Castagna, you you tore my heart hard out on the weekend. It hurt. <laughs> Genuinely hurt. I'm not happy. Was it was which one hurt harder? Um, Jason Castagna's continual misses or Shy Bolton's? Shy Bolton's. <laughs> He's he better be out of the side before the week. Yeah, I don't he has think a chance to consolidate his spot, and he doesn't even get a behind. That behind would have been really useful when it we would've. kicked the goal a minute later. Yeah, it would have. Anyways, uh, not happy at all. Um, good job to GWS though. I have to give them credit where credit's due. Anyways, I'm going to move on to my stat. Um, so everyone is getting excited by Melbourne Football Club at the moment. Um, I know they've had a few bad losses across the year, but they're sitting nicely to presumably go for the top four. I don't think that's going to happen. So they've played so well against the bad teams, which obviously means they're a good team, right? Obviously, duh. Of course, if you beat a bad team, you're a good team. Well, I'm going to read you out the teams they've beaten this year. So they've beaten Brisbane, North Melbourne, Essendon, St Kilda, Gold Coast, Carlton, Adelaide, when they were destroyed by injury, Western Bulldogs, Frio, Western Bulldogs. So they haven't actually beaten a side in the top eight yet. They are yet to beat a top eight side. So they're essentially doing what Port Adelaide did last year. Port Adelaide somehow finished fifth without beating a top eight side. And uh, they lost in the first week of finals comprehensively to a team that they just should have beaten. And this, well, this is saying Melbourne make finals at all. I'm going to read you out their last... Or some of their last six games, they played Geelong, Adelaide, Sydney, West Coast, GWS. So four of those are top eight. So statistically, Melbourne's going to lose to those sides, which means at best, Melbourne win two of their last six. That's probably not good enough for finals. That gets them to 11 wins. Yeah, that'll probably see them fall short. The bar is usually 13 wins to make finals. Yeah, so they're currently one win and 10% inside the top eight, but I don't think their percent will matter. doesn't matter if you're smashing all the bad teams if you can't beat the good ones. So I'm going to call out Melbourne for that. You're not a good side if you just beat up on bad teams. Anyone can do that. A lot of pressure on them to deliver. And now we shall wrap up this segment with a discussion question, which uh, we were just talking about before in Melbourne and whether or not they're going to make finals. And I would like to talk about it more broadly because I think we are at a genuine turning point in the season. We have an absolute cluster bleep of sides around the middle of the table, which I am unsure as to who's actually going to make finals. When we look at the fixtures and looking at the ladder as it stands... It's very confusing. I, I, I'm genuinely unsure as to which of these sides is the best. Well, credit where credit's due. The AFL has obviously scheduled um, it, so you have a lot more interesting games to the end of the year because all the sides that are fighting for eighth look like they have tough runs home. And, like, you can't... Like, you, we keep saying you need 13 wins, but I think it might be 12. All these sides have just got such tough runs home and they're playing each other a lot. And there's going to be a lot of wins stolen off by teams like Essendon, for instance. Um, maybe even Fremantle, the way they played on the weekend. And it's just going to be so tough to uh, not only predict, but just get inside the top eight. Um, I tried to put together a top eight, and that's our question. Who do you think is going to be in the top eight at the end of the year? God knows. Honestly, like... I'd like to think I know AFL well. I can't. I can't. I just give up. I think we're fairly confident that Richmond and West Coast are going to make it. And then all of the sides from Fremantle down, we feel like are going to fall short. If we look at all of the sides above Fremantle, 
I'm going to give them their fair shout. So, Essendon, Adelaide, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne all currently sit outside of the eight, but you could definitely make a case for them to finish inside the top eight. Meanwhile, Geelong, the Giants, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Sydney, and Collingwood are all sitting on the precipice of potentially falling out of the eight should they lose form over this last six weeks. So, let's do it. Of those, which of those six sides are going to make your top eight? Well... I'm going to go with Sydney as my first lock-in. Um, they just play so well away from home, and they're going to play well enough at home. They've got a tough run home, but they don't play any sides like Richmond or that. So I think they should be able to hold on to top eight. I'm um, in agreement with you. I think Sydney will be one of the sides to finish in the top eight. Who you yeah. got next? Uh, my next one will be Collingwood. They've got a tough run home, but they're two wins inside the eight. And they've got a solid percentage as well. So two wins up with six games to go. It'd be very hard to say that it, that they're not going to make the eight. I think I think you're right. And I think the three sides, Collingwood, Sydney and Port Adelaide, are already on 11 wins will all make it. Simply because all they need to do is manage two wins from their last six games, in my opinion, to get themselves home. So I'm going to bookmark Collingwood and Port Adelaide in for my liking as well. Port Adelaide was the last side I booked into my eight. They've got a really tough run home and the way they played on the weekend and the injuries they got to Paddy Ryder and we don't know how long Gray will be out. They were the last side I got in the eight. I think they're going to finish eighth. It's going to be a really tight for them and that loss on the weekend is just huge. These um, next three spots are going to get really interesting though when we start looking at them. Um, seven teams for three spots. <sighs> okay, I'm going to start by knocking out a team actually and I'm going to say... Essendon are in excellent form, but I, I don't I don't see them making the cut. I think their form is great, and when they play well, they are very difficult to play against with that leg speed that they run through the middle. But I just think they've left it a bit too late, and they would probably need to have an almost unbeaten streak here on out to make finals. So I'm fairly confidently going to say I don't think Essendon's going to make it. I'm going to say no to Essendon as well, and Adelaide. The problem with Essendon and Adelaide is their percentage. So they sit at 97 and 98%, whereas every other team sits at at least 111. And I think percentage is going to be very important, and I just can't see them breaking in with that sort of percentage. So I'm going to knock them both out. But I'm getting a look from you that we might have a point of difference here. I can't rule out Adelaide. When you get these good sides and they get a little bit of form up, and we saw it... It, it, it looked like the Adelaide of old again. You know, Sloan was back. Matt Crouch is back towards his best. It reminded me of just the Adelaide of peak last year when they stormed into that grand final. A fearsome side, the side that you would be terrified to play against. It reminded me of that. I'm going to have Adelaide finishing in eighth spot. Oh, no. Where do you have Port finishing out of interest? If you have them finishing fifth? Probably around fifth-ish. That would be one of the best finals ever. It would be absolutely stunning and would be incredibly difficult to pick. Yeah, especially if Adelaide did finish eighth. Um, they'd be coming in off a ba- number of wins. So we have five teams left and two spots left. Yep. Who are we fitting in? So Hawthorne, I just don't think they're a top eight worthy side. I think they actually have a good enough run to potentially make it. I just don't think they're a good enough team. So I'm going to rule them out. You're cutting out Hawthorne? I think I have to as well. Um, I, I would love to put them in. I, I genuinely think their fixture might just get them home. But for me, squeezing in Adelaide meant squeezing out Hawthorne. If Hawthorne won on the weekend against Brisbane and they were well inside the eight, 
then it would have been very hard to pick against them, but big loss for them there. If they'd won that game, I, I think I'd probably have them. And I, that's what I think it's going to come down to in the end is one win is probably going to make the difference in a lot of these decisions. Now, a team which, I mean, I made the same argument for Adelaide and I'm going to make the same argument again again for the GWS Giants. Once these good teams get going, they're so hard to stop. I'm going to have the Giants in the eight as well. Same. They just beat my team on the weekend. My team's kind of good, if I may say so myself. But no, I, they played really good as well. It's not like Richmond tailed off like they have against the other interstate sides across the year. Richmond played good. They threw their punches and GWS withstood them. Um, and if you can withstand the punches Richmond throw, then you're going to make the top eight. And do you know what was the greatest thing about it? Um, Leon Cameron said that we made a deliberate effort to not handball as much and to kick so they changed a lot of their running style of play just to play Richmond, and they pulled it off. Like, if you can pull off that sort of change just for one game, you're going to beat a lot of teams. So GWS in the top eight for me. We have three sides left now, Geelong, Melbourne, and North Melbourne. I only have the one spot left, but you have two. Tell me, which of these sides are you going to finish in your top eight? Geelong's going to make the top eight. You're backing in Geelong? I'm backing in Geelong. Okay. They've got a nice run home, and despite the fact that they haven't played particularly well all year, they will get in on the fact that they've got star players and a nice run home. They were one of my easier picks, let's say that. And that leaves... So we both have Melbourne and North Melbourne and one spot for one of them, mm-hmm. and one spot not for the other one. Which you one first. You, which, <laughs> North Melbourne makes the eight. Melbourne makes the eight. Ooh... When I look at this, I look at these decisions and think the best side does it. Melbourne's the better side. Not according to my stat. If they how do they look at their run home? They have to beat not just one they'll have to beat not just one top eight team, but two. They haven't beaten one in seventeen rounds. What makes you think they're gonna beat two and six? I believe. I don't know why, but I believe. They lost to Collingwood last year that threw them out of the eight because West Coast beat Adelaide. I don't know why, but I believe. (laughs) Okay. You are so lucky you're not a Melbourne fan because you would just be, like, heartbroken. The other thing I'll say is percentage. Should it come down to percentage, they've got that over everyone. So that could end up being important. All they'll need to do is get two wins of their last six, I reckon, and they should scrub scrape into the eight. So who are they beating? Geelong or Adelaide or Sydney or West Coast or GWS? They have to win at least one of those games, you're telling me. And I'm I reckon not... they could beat West Coast, to be honest. I don't know. I, I think I think there's a lot going on. They're it, playing it's... West Coast at Optus. It might just be a gut call, okay? It might just be a gut call, and in six weeks' time, we'll probably look at these decisions and go, we were wrong. But our big points of difference is I'm going to have Melbourne and Adelaide finishing in the top eight, and you have... North Melbourne and Geelong finishing in the top eight. You don't have Geelong in the top eight? I do not have Geelong in the top eight. Oh, my. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. So Danger Woodlet is not going to make the top eight. I really rate the defence, actually. I think the midfield's not very good. I I think the midfield as individuals are brilliant, but they don't function together particularly well. They don't have a good Ruckman either, giving them first service. So, no, with that... That wraps us up. Um, I'm very curious to see what the results of this are and looking forward to it in the next six weeks. Now we move on to a new segment that I'm very excited to debut. This is Lachlan Ross's Punching Down. So in our show, we try and stay away from punching down as much as possible because it just seems informal and not very fun. But it's time to bring it out because there are some things that just need to be punched down. So Tasmania, 
Big words. Something Jeff Kenner is familiar with. <laughs> Delivering on those big words is something he's not familiar with, though. <laughs> Unless losing to 17th place in Tasmania in a week where you threatened you'd leave Tasmania is called delivering. I guess any politician will call anything delivering, though, even if it means renting a personal helicopter for your own use. <laughs> well, can it make and blame about Tasmania wanting its own team? At least they didn't close 350 government schools when they were in office. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gold Coast. Much has been said of Carlton, but Gold Coast is in just as much of a rut. They've now lost 11 in a row. Before this run, they were three and two, and people were genuinely intrigued by what was happening up on the Gold Coast. But like many things on the Gold Coast, in small doses, everything seems okay, but once you get too much, everything goes downhill fast. Now, goals. Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. Admittedly, I wasn't expecting a great game, but this game went so far below expectations that now the Mariana Trench doesn't look that far down. (laughs) I'd also rather be in Mariana Trench than attending this game. Because at halftime, the scoreline was two goals to one. This is identical to the score at halftime in the World Cup final. If I wanted to watch a sport where no one bloody scores, then I wouldn't be an AFL fanatic. I'd follow soccer. Or, you know what? I might follow chess. (laughs) There you are. It's out there. I'd rather follow chess than watch that garbage. Admittedly, Fremantle, I don't expect any better from you, but Port Adelaide would have been third if they won. But I guess, like your electricity situation, you run out of battery and are powerless to do anything about it. Try as you must. <laughs> that, was, that was a fantastic debut of that segment. I, I very much enjoyed that. I have one question, though, for you um, in conclusion. Who do you think is under more pressure, Ross Lyon or the Marianas Church? Oh, definitely Ross Lyon. <laughs> that one goes without saying. Despite all the pressure, though, I'm sure we'll catch him flossing somewhere, um, <laughs> just going about his own business. But no, that was punching down. <laughs> now, uh, Alex, you've got something new for us this week as well. Uh, you're actually an award-winning journalist, are you not? I am award-winning journalist, Alex Henry. So you're going to come here and finish the show for us and just give us all the goss that's happening in the football world. Well, as we like to do in a lot of these sports programs, I like to come in and bring you all of the news that's going on. So for anybody that's been following AFL news right now, I have an exclusive for you. Ryan Nyhouse, the Fremantle player, has been sent directly to the tribunal for his actions on Robbie Gray. Now... Today on the 16th of July House, over at AFL's My House, the decision on Ryan Nyhouse's Sly House Act is being decided on. It seems as though the Dockers will be saying goodbye house to the Fremantle forward, whose tackle has been graded as high house impact. Barnaby Joyce will argue why the young man is a nice guy house, although Joyce doesn't have a good track record with the public by housing his lie house. It has left the public simply asking one question. Why house? <laughs> in other news, uh, free agency news, in the following departure of Cristiano Ronaldo from Real Madrid, Real Madrid have gone hunting their next big superstar and apparently are also in the race to sign Gold Coast forward Tom Lynch. Reports believe that Madrid are targeting injured Gold Coast free agent Tom Lynch with an offer of $50 million Australian. It is unknown as to whether the AFL, <coughs> sorry, I mean the Gold Coast, can match the offer. <laughs> there is also the factor of the North Melbourne war chest and whether the club can tempt away the want-away forward, but with the Gold Coast just being such a nice place to live at and play footy at right now, people are expecting Tom Lynch to stay. 
In other news, we have heard recently that Rory Sloan has resigned. With all the talks over whether Rory Sloan will stay at Adelaide, Sloan today announced he would no longer be playing for the Adelaide Football Club. In a deal expected to be worth 500000 a year over the next five years, Sloan is being paid by Adelaide not to play for them. Asked whether he will, what he will be doing in all of his free time, Sloan said he will be resuming his alternate life as a surfer. Hang on, wait, hang on, sorry. I'm just getting, I'm just getting word in. Sorry, he has re-signed, not resigned. Sorry, yes, you can take that, uh, yes. Sorry, I got that one wrong. He has re-signed, just, let's just clap, yes, he's re-signed, not resigned. Not resigned. He's, yeah, sorry, apologies well, everyone. Well, we'll blame that one on the English language. Yeah, 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 that, was, that was not my fault. It was choice in the end for something uh, ridiculous that they're actually spelt the same. And that is all the news from AFL right now. Well, there you are. Um, and that's actually... The show, we're just going to do our tipping now, uh, which is shambolic as always. Richmond versus St Kilda on Friday night at Etihad Stadium. Last time they were at Etihad Stadium was arguably both the greatest and the worst game of football I've ever been to, just for the fact that Richmond was down by 86 at halftime. I'm genuinely honest when I say that is one of the finest performances I've seen by a football club in that first half. St Kilda were absolutely amazing and they're going to do it again. To yeah. kill them by 76 points. That's not an ambitious tip whatsoever. I oh, see so you're using your 50-point margin. I'm using my 50-point margin. It'll be 50, 50 points five minutes into the second quarter. Also, I need to make reference to last week. I tipped in a 100-point margin for Frio Port Adelaide and Frio <laughs> won. That could be the worst tip of the year. That's the solid 110-point swing, isn't it? Uh, how much did Frio win by nine? Eight points, yeah. So a 109-point swing. Ouch. Look, we'll, uh, we'll ignore that. Um, obviously, I'm going to go for Richmond. I'm not going to go for my 50-point margin, though. But it's <laughs> that makes, tempting. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> uh, Saturday afternoon, great clash here. Collingwood versus North Melbourne. The ramifications of this clash are enormous. Collingwood trying to secure top four and North Melbourne doing everything they can to get inside the eight. I'm going to pick Collingwood, but I do it with no confidence. Do or die for North Melbourne. A North Melbourne side that you reckon is going to make final, so I'm questioning that tip. I also will be tipping Collingwood. I reckon they finally are a good side, as much as it pains me to say. So I'll say Collingwood by five goals. You know what? The more I think about it, I'm actually going to go North Melbourne. And that's not just because you went Collingwood. I actually spoke to you about this earlier, that the way that North Melbourne played on the weekend against St Kilda will beat the way Collingwood plays normally. North Melbourne didn't play St Kilda, but whatever. Uh, Sydney, Sydney, sorry. (laughs) Easy to get them mixed up. They kind of play similar styles. Um, That is such a compliment, and I will take it. It was sarcastic. St Kilda is playing Gold Coast in our next game. Oh, no, wait, hang on, sorry. Sydney is playing Gold Coast. I just get those two confused so much, don't you guys? Sydney is playing Gold Coast up at the SCG, um, and I'm sure Sydney will belt Gold Coast back to heaven and back. So, um, 50-point margin. Yeah, I've, if I had six of them, I'd use another five of them on this one. So I'll say Sydney by 250 points. <laughs> Are you trying to... If you still go better than my 100-point margin from last week, like Sydney would win by more than 141... I will be disappointed. I won't. <laughs> Who are you tipping? Uh, Sydney, obviously. <laughs> um, Essendon versus Fremantle. 12th v 13th. Uh, this is do or die for Essendon, basically. If they win this game, they're still in with a chance. But if they they lose this one, this will be the end of them. I, I think they're, they're actually okay under pressure, Essendon. So I'll say they actually get up in this one. Well, they need to win by margin as well. I think they want to get their percentage as close as they can to the rest of the top eight. Um, so they're going to win this comfortably. 
Brisbane host Adelaide on Saturday evening up at the Gabba. Are four you... in a row. <laughs> Could it happen? Do you think they can go four in a row? I am thinking no, because I need Adelaide to make finals. I think they could. I don't think they will. But I think they very... I'm going to tip Adelaide, but it's going to be a small margin. This Brisbane team is playing with some serious fire at the moment. And the biggest plus for me about them is they try and win. You look at Carlton, and for like a couple of years, they've been trying to not lose by as much. They play a very defensive mindset game. Whereas Brisbane, they don't care if they lose by a lot. They back it in that they can score 100 points if you score 130. I think it's very interesting there that they've brought up this new tactic of trying to win. I'm sure it'll revolutionise the world of football. Uh, The next game is Geelong-Melbourne on Saturday night. This one I'm very much looking forward to. Do or die for each of these teams that we are back to make finals. I mean, I'm just going to go with my boys. Melbourne need this one. It'll be their first win against the top eight side this season, which will be then funny because Geelong will then drop out of the eight and therefore they won't have beaten the top eight side this season. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's kind of ironic. You can't win at any point, can you? No. I love how I had Geelong in the eight and you had Melbourne in the eight. So therefore I have to pick Geelong. Not because I think they well, I think they're going to win, but just for the sake of my top eight being more correct than yours. Suddenly we both have a lot more stakes in the tipping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Geelong to win though. It's at GMHBA and they don't lose there too often unless it's Sydney. I and mean then... St Kilda. No, I mean Sydney, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then early on Sunday afternoon, Hawthorne will be participating in a drill with Carlton's VFL side. Do you think they'll be winning that one? Ooh, it's a tough one. Carlton's VFL side's probably better than their supposed AFL side. Wait, Carlton has an AFL side? Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, Hawthorne to win this comfortably. <laughs> I reckon Hawthorne might win as well. <laughs> what, what makes you say that? Uh, 49 times in a row they haven't uh, scored 100, all the losses in a row, or just a hunch? <laughs> it's that Hawthorne scored 100 two weeks ago and Carlton hasn't scored 100 in the last 49 weeks. That's what a little bit of research does here. <laughs> Exactly. West Coast will host the Western Bulldogs in the Western Derby, despite the fact that only one of these teams is Western. Saturday, Sunday afternoon, over at Optus Stadium, second v 14th, and yet I feel like there's actually a bit more going on in this game. Who do you think will win? Wait, what do you think is a bit more going on in this game? I actually rate the Western Bulldogs when they show up, which is once every four weeks, and I reckon this will be the week. I'm yeah, gonna, how I'm long gonna... has it been since they've showed up? I'm genuinely going to... Geelong, three, three weeks ago, so I'm going to say the Western Bulldogs get up in this one. The Western Bulldogs by three goals. Thanks for the free tip. I'm going West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and in the final game of the round, and it's actually a really good way to end the round, unlike last round, Port Adelaide versus GWS. Fifth v. Seventh finals ramifications yet again. Uh, we both had these sides inside the top eight, so I'm going to tip them both. <laughs> <laughs> we really are uncovering a new way to tip in this show, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, Not well, tipping with your heart, tipping with what makes sense for your top eight. So if, if we're going to take traditional AFL by dummies fashion, which is I tip the opposite of you, I'm going to tip neither of them. Neither of these sides are going to win. And with that, we wrap up our show for this week. Um, Yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, So we're on Facebook and we're on iTunes as per usual. So catch us there. Uh, We'll try and upload our podcast on Wednesday. Catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.